Your attention, please. Please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue strain and unfair unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AM, PM podcast. As a matter of fact, and don't worry, this is not a spoil alert, but last night I was watching Game of Thrones, probably just like uh, most of you out there. And while I was admiring how realistic those dragons looked, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. What's up, everybody? Manny Coates here, and I am joined by my good friend, Kevin King. He's got the big glow behind you. You're very worldly. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing today, Manny? I am excellent. Those of you that know me know that me and Kevin go way back. As a matter of fact, we go all the way back to episode 33 of the AMPM podcast. So if you guys have not heard of Kevin King or don't know the nuggets that spew from this guy, you need to actually go check out episode 33. He dropped massive bombs all over the place and it was just awesome. Do you remember those days? I do remember those days. You you broke me in. That you, was you were, you were my my first one. That made you famous. That one. That's that, right. I think people were saying that was the best podcast ever. So, but yeah, a little bit about Kevin. Actually, you know what, Kevin? Let me do this. I'm gonna pull up my typical notes that I have for for when I bring somebody on, just in case somebody hasn't heard of you or they don't know who you are. How about some rapid fire? Let's see if we can get through this like in 60 seconds, maybe two minutes tops. Sure. All Let's right, do it. All right. So, Kevin, as far as uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, you did one point two million dollars last year and you've already done more than that this year. Correct. Yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah. OK. And that's, and that's Amazon. Just, that's, only. Yeah, that's just on Amazon. I sell on other platforms, but that's just on Amazon US. OK, cool. And that's all private label. All private label. How many ASINs make up that number? It's about uh, 12 to 15. I'm discontinuing a few right now, so I think I have about 12 or so active. Okay. And what countries do you sell in currently? Uh, just the U.S. Is, is most of my business, but I do have a few products in Canada, Amazon Canada. Okay. How much money did you start your business with, Amazon business? I started with, uh, I, start, I was a little different than most people. I started with about 100K uh, because I developed a couple of custom products um, that cost me quite a bit uh, in molding costs and stuff to get going. Okay, cool. Do you source only from China right now? No, I have, uh, China is primarily where I source for them, but, but I also uh, have several vendors here in the United States that are US-based uh, suppliers. Cool. And do you, how many people work in your business with you? It's just me. I'm a one man show. I've Crazy. got one assist, one assistant that does a few things on my social media uh, side, uh, but it's it's just me. How many hours per night do you sleep? Uh, last night I slept about two. Oh my God. But, but most nights I sleep a little bit more. It's just right now it's a crazy, crazy time. Uh, launching some new stuff. Uh, I'm getting ready for the fourth quarter. Um, have a big event coming up uh, that's uh, taking a lot of my time. So it's, it's crazy times. Yeah, sounds like it. All right, cool. So that's, I think the, uh, that was rapid fire. We got through that pretty quickly. Any questions you wanted me to ask you that I didn't in case anybody wants to know something? Uh, no, that, that's it, man. All right, cool. You got positive profit margins, I hope. Uh, I do. I run about a 
between it depends on you know if you're doing launches or not but between about after everything's said and done between 19 and 25 percent uh profit margin Okay, cool. So we are going to, we haven't done this in a while. We used to do webinars and we would give this amazing value and people loved them. And then after that, we started doing some Illuminati mastermind stuff. You're one of the lead mentors in there and people love that. We're going to get back to doing some, some webinars for, I guess, the beginners and, and people who are starting and wanting to do more, but we wanted to give them a, a podcast where they would get a lot of information and, you know, just kind of a I don't know, tease towards or to what's coming. What do you think? That sounds good to me. All right. So I have questions. I have a, uh, oh. looks like, were you going to say something, Kevin? No. So you said you had questions. I'm like, uh-oh, oh. I got to get ready, man. Here we go. I, I have, I have five <laughs> questions. Questions coming. Uh-oh. I know. People like my questions. They say well, I get right to the point. All right. Don't stump me now. I'm going to try not to. So we'll go through these backwards. I'm going to start with number five and get all the way to number one. And it's going to be about product sourcing, product discovery, just trying to figure out what someone should sell, because I think that's probably one of the it's the biggest obstacles people have. They get a lot. I, I know people that want to get into this business. They start to do it. And two, three months in, they still haven't figured out you know, what they want and they never move forward because of that. So if somebody is actually moving forward. And, and I've heard horror stories where people are just ordering too much inventory. They get into cash flow issues. They're not ordering enough inventory and end up running out of stock. How much product do you think a seller, somebody who's starting out really needs to order be, to be on the safe side? Well, that, that all depends, uh, you know, on the competitive, how competitive the product is and what you're trying to achieve. Are you trying to be in the top three or four positions on page one of a very competitive product or, or are you just trying to make five or 10 sales a day and you're completely happy with that? Um, so, so I see a lot of people that actually, you know, say, let's test a product, you know, let's go out and order 20 of this or 50 of that. And there's a lot of people that subscribe to that. I absolutely do not subscribe to that. I think it's a complete and utter waste of time to order 20 or 50 something and quote unquote, see if they sell uh, because you're putting a lot of effort into it. Um, and it, I'd rather put that effort in and, and use the data uh, that various tools will allow you to use. And that Amazon provides themselves to actually make a smart, intelligent decision. And now you don't want to go overboard, uh, but uh, I, that's what I like to do. And let's, let's throw everything at it. If you're going to do this, don't, don't come to play in the kiddie playground, come to, to, you know, to swing and hit a home run. Um, so depending on how much money you have to start with, that can dictate where you play and which products you might choose to, to do. But let's see, let's say you have, you found a product and that's, that's reasonable. And, and you do have some money, you know, you have a few thousand dollars or 5,000, whatever it may be to, to come with. Um, what I like to do is use a little formula that will kind of, after I've done my research, you know, there's a lot that goes into the research. And I, I think we might talk about that, uh, uh, in a webinar or something that we might do sometime. Uh, but, uh, I like to take uh, these numbers and to determine it. So what, what I like to do is once I've zeroed in on a product that I think might work for me uh, based on the keywords, based on a, a lot of other data is I use this formula where I take the manufacturing time and I add that to the shipping time. And then I add 10 days uh, as a buffer. And then I add 30 days to it uh, because I always want to be in stock for at least 30 days on Amazon. Because if typically on Amazon, if you go below 30 days worth of stock, it can actually affect your, your ranking. Uh, Amazon likes to see typically, you know, give or take it's in the different categories around 150 units in stock. And, and that can weigh into your ranking and what they show you. So I always like to have at least 30 days in stock. So let's say, let's, let's, let's use this formula where you say your manufacturing time, let's say it takes uh, 25 days 
to to manufacture a product over in China and to get it inspected. And then let's say you're you're putting it on the water. You know, if you're flying it, it could be quicker. But let's say it has to come by sea. Let's say that takes 30 days for it to come over by sea, to to go through customs and to get checked in and, and arrive to Amazon. And then I like to add 10 extra days to that. That's where that, that third part of the formula is, is the 10 extra days, because the 10 extra days is you never know if something's going to go wrong. The port's closed. It's a holiday. Um, it gets held up in customs for extra inspection, whatever. And then I add that 30 days. So let's, let's say it takes 25 days to make it, 30 days on the water, and then you add the 10 extra days, and that equals 65. 25 plus 30 plus 10 equals 65. Then I like to keep 30 days worth of stock, so that equals 95. Uh, if you add all those four together and then if you're doing a product launch you might want to buffer it a little bit more because you're going to be giving away a little bit more uh, at the beginning if this is a new product perhaps depending on your strategy so let's say i'm doing a 10-day product launch so i'm going to add another 10 to that so if you add all those numbers up that equals 105 and then what i'm going to use is my my market research that i'm going to use some other tools for uh there's several different ones out there that can think can give you this information um but i'm going to use that and i'm going to look and say i want to target like the fourth or fifth competitor that's what my target is you know maybe you're targeting the being the number one guy on the page so you're going to use that number but i typically like to come in because i don't want to order or over order like what you said you know if you if you get too aggressive say i'm going to be number one maybe you screw up and you order way too many units and so i like to go kind on that average, that middle range of who's like the fourth or fifth, or sometimes I'll even take like the top 16, throw out the top guy, whoever's selling the most, just eliminate him from the calculation, eliminate the bottom guy from the calculation and do the average. Mm -hmm. So let's just say based on that, where you're targeting is 20 sales per day. So based on those numbers, you added, we added up earlier that equaled 105, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. uh, I would take that 105 times 20 sales per day is what my target says. That's, let's say that's what the fourth best competitor is selling. And then that tells me how many I need to order. So in this particular case, what's 105 times 20, what's 2,100 units. So I would order 2,100 units. And now if that ordering 2,100 units of these was more than what my budget could allow, I don't have enough money to do that then I might choose another product or I might try to come up with the money uh, if the data really justified it. Um, but that's, that tells me where I need to play. I see so many people, they order 500 units or 1,000. And yes, you can sell some and you can make some money. And there's nothing wrong with doing a smaller amount. But if you want to come and compete and play with, with in, in today's Amazon market, you've got to come, come to the table with all your, all your chips. And so that's how I calculate uh, how much I need to order on awesome. a new product. Cool. So you had mentioned, you know, if you run out of stock for more than 30 days, it can affect your rankings. It can be difficult to get back into it. Do you still close? This is something we talked about at some point on one of the podcasts. Do you still close that product listing if you run out or do you not yeah, do that? I do. You do. Yeah, I do. I do use that tactic to close the listing. It's a little scary for some people, um, but yes, yeah, I do do that. Um, and you typically it'll, you know, it's say it had a BSR of 5,000 when I closed it. It might slip a little bit, you know, uh, down to like ten or twelve thousand, something like that, mm -hmm. and then it goes off the charts. You know, when you close it, it goes to the little dash in there. But as soon as I come back in stock, and you can activate it again once you ship an in inventory, you don't have to wait for the inventory to arrive, or you can wait till the inventory arrives. You can do it either way. Uh, but I usually wait for the inventory to arrive because you can ship in with it still being closed, and, and then I will reactivate it. it. It might start at number, you know, if I ended at twelve thousand, it might come on at number. 38,000 or something, but mm -hmm. it quickly gets back up there almost yeah. every time. That's a super ninja hack, by the way. Hardly anybody does this. Um, and it's scary. Like you said, it's scary because when you hit that, it says, are you sure you want to close this listing? You're like, ah, you, it, it just, it's scary looking. 
the only time I've had a hiccup in that is the way you, you, you reactivate it is you just go and basically modify the, the listing. You just go in and like you're going to edit it. And a lot of times I'll just like delete an S and then add the S back and hit submit, you know, just whatever, just some random thing. Um, and, and a few times it actually hasn't gone from the close state back to active. Um, so I've had to call um, or, or put in a ticket or I usually call and uh, someone at seller support uh, on Amazon can just, you know, within 10 minutes, it's back up and live. Okay. Sometimes there's just a little hiccup. So if that happens to you, don't freak out. Cool. All right. Question. Let's go to, I'm going backwards. That was at five. I'm going to go to number four. We'll call them mistakes. Let's, they're not questions. Let's call them mistakes. So that was mistake number five where, where people order the wrong amount of inventory. Okay. So mistake number four focusing on the wrong things. I get a lot of questions in our Facebook group at conferences that we attend that make it super clear that people are focusing on the wrong things. So if you had to choose, which two things would you recommend to sellers to focus on regardless of the product that they choose, okay, to ensure that they're profitable in the end? Well, the, the number one thing is to, to, to look at what you have left over, not how much you turn over. Uh, so that that's the number one thing, but that's really not what I would so much focus on. A lot of people, you see big sales numbers and they can be impressive. You see them on webinars where people are trying to sell you courses or you see them, other sellers will post their screenshots, but you really don't know what those people are actually making. I mean, sales are, are nice and big sales are nice, but who cares? It's what you take home. I know a lot of people who maybe only do 50,000, you know, their screenshot is $50,000 uh, you know, a month on Amazon and other people show you a screenshot where they're doing a million dollars and the guy doing 50,000 is actually making more money and he's living a much more comfortable and less stress-free life. So it just all depends on your goals. But there's a couple areas people often overlook at actually maximizing your profit in this business that I think are critical, critical, critical. The first one is a lot, it, the, the thing you don't have really control over is the market conditions. You don't have control over what the price is ultimately going to be. You may decide what your price is going to be, but your competitors that come into the market or market conditions or supply and demand can affect what that actual sales price may be. So you may think I'm going to sell this at $19 and I'm buying it for five and I've got a great margin. But once you get it launched, the market may say, no, this is only going to be a $13.99 product. And so you just you just cut your margins overnight and, and you don't really have control over that. But what you do have control over is how much you pay for that product. So a lot of people don't focus enough on the sourcing part on actually getting the best, absolute best price possible. That doesn't mean cut corners uh, because you have to be careful with that in China. If you just beat them up over price, they'll just make an inferior product. But actually knowing where to source and knowing how to source properly and not just taking what Alibaba spits out can make all the difference in the world. Because a lot of times in China, they will take advantage of people, especially if they know there's some signs. There's like, I think uh, I teach in one of my deals, there's like 10 signs that, can, that instantly tell you that you're a newbie. And it, just the way you uh, uh, email a, a, a potential supplier, immediately they're going to know, okay, can we take advantage of this guy? So I see people are paying $5 for a product. Someone else is getting the exact same quality, if not better quality for $2. So they have more, more play. So that's critical is focus on the sourcing side and getting the best quality at the best price. And that can make a bigger difference in your business uh, than looking at the other way. How much can I sell this for? And you have more control over that. The other one is setting your business up for sale. Some of the best money in this business is not in the daily, you know, not in your monthly turnover is, is actually in selling this business. It's leverage. Mm -hmm. I know so many people that have come into this business that we're doing pretty good, you know, making maybe 20 grand a month and you'd be, you know, and they're like, 
they, they sell the business, you know, for a, a good multiple of that and walk away with maybe a million, two million, three million dollars. And you say, why would you do that? You got a successful business that's doing $20,000 a month, $240,000 a year. That's a great business because because you can get a big hit of cash and then you can just come in and repeat the process and do it again. You can leverage. It's the whole thing about real estate is make sure when you're setting this up, think, be thinking long-term, don't be thinking short-term cash flow. be thinking long-term. What do I got to do to position my product or my brand or my business, my accounting, all those kinds of things for the long, for, to sell this in a year, two years, three years. And you're going to make a hell of a lot more money if you think approach this business that way. Cool. I agree. And I'm going to be talking about that, guys, next year. Me and Kevin have talked about selling a business and wanting to do that. So perfect. All right, Kevin, mistake number three. You see it in every course that's out there, every training. People put way too much emphasis, in my opinion, on BSR. So I'm going to ask you, though, when it comes to product selection, okay, we know there's multiple tools out there, multiple places you can go that, that can help somebody figure things out. But I tend to see this recurring issue where people are putting way too much emphasis on BSR to make their product selection decisions. It's always like the BSR has got to be this, got to be that. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you get, like you said, there are a lot of tools out there. I have some of my favorites that I use, uh, but there, there are a lot of tools that will evaluate. And I all use BSR as the benchmark to actually do some sort of estimate on what this product sells, mm -hmm. sells per month or per day or whatever. But you got to be very, very careful on how those tools are getting that number because you can be misled extremely easily. Uh, you'd really need to look at, if you're going to use uh, BSR, you really need to look at it over an average period of time. Some tools out there will actually just show you like, this is what it's selling right now. And BSR can fluctuate wildly during the day if they're doing a promotion or whatever. And you can make some really bad poor decisions uh, if, if you're not careful. I mean, my product we talked about earlier, you know, last, last year I did 1.2 million. I think my best selling product had an average BSR probably about 5,000. You know, I, I don't shoot for the moon here and I don't try to have these top 1000 BSRs. You know, occasionally I might sneak in there at Christmas, something sells really well, or I do a promotion, but I really don't look for that. I don't really care what my BSR is. Uh, I only use it as a relative number uh, to see, you know, if, if say the sales are down one day, um, you know, my I log into Seller Central and say one day I'm, I usually do 5,000, let's say on this day. And today I'm only doing 3,000. I'm like, okay, what the hell's going on? Is it seasonal? Is something wrong? So I looked and see if my BSR has fluctuated too much because it's all relative to everybody else. And if I've had a huge drop, then I'm like, okay, uh, Amazon just messed with the algorithm. They just did something, or maybe I got a bad review. That's how I use BSR. Um, I don't really care where my BSR is. I care about what I sell. There's a lot of products that have BSRs of five or 10,000 that sell 10 or 20 a day and are very, very profitable. There's also something a lot of people forget when they're evaluating all these tools is outside factors. Someone that may actually have the uh, BSR of 300, let's say is killing it, say in, in, in beauty, they have a beauty product, or, for example, and they're just killing it. And you're like, holy shit, you're looking at all these tools like, man, I, I can get a piece of that action. If I just had 10% of that, um, I, could, I could do well. But what you don't know is, are, are they influencing that outside of Amazon. So you have to be very, very care careful with using BSR as the only value as, as the main evaluator, because you have to also look at keyword demand. So when I see a product that's doing that well, when I'm evaluating it, I also look at the keyword demand. I do reverse ASIN and then I see what's the keyword estimated demand. If those two don't jive, if the keyword demand uh, on this is like, say 10,000 searches a month, when this guy's got a BSR of three, 300, he ain't getting that. He's either one of two things. He's not getting it off of that keyword 
his sales. It's some other keyword. I need to figure it out and focus on that. Or he's doing outside promotion. He's got his own website, his own Facebook group, uh, influencers. Maybe they got just featured on a TV show or something. There's something else at play and you, you can't overlook that because it can make a huge difference when you're evaluating products. Yeah. And the other thing, and just to clarify, because I think some people get hung up on BSR, it can fluctuate wildly from day to day. So if you, Kevin, for example, just are you're launching a product, you're going to give away a lot of products. You're going to discount them. Are you going to be promoting them like crazy for the first seven days, 10 days? So your BSR is going to be spiked. And if somebody actually is using a tool and happens to run across your product at that time and they look and they're going to like, they're going to see, holy crap, this guy is you know selling 200 units a day on this product. And then right after that, when you stop your promotions, you were doing that for ranking of keywords. You drop down to a normal, you know, let's say 30 or 40 units a day. They're basing their numbers off of this tool, which was looking at that specific date. Mm-hmm. So, and like you said, some tools, We'll just take whatever the BSR is of that exact date and then multiply that over the month. And other tools will look at averages if they've been tracking that particular ASIN. Yeah, so. you got to be very careful. This this business is all about numbers. I mean, it's the, this, the successful sellers on Amazon, they're killing it. It's all about an analyzing numbers, using tools to analyze numbers and, and spot opportunities. Um, that, that's the name of the game on Amazon. It's statistical analysis. Yeah, cool. All right. Mistake number two that I see happens all the time. You're in our FBA higher rollers group. You probably see this question six times a day. It's it's a short term mentality. I'd like to say that, you know, the gold rush is over, right? People, well, there, there've been opportunities. Let's go back. There's been opportunities where people have capitalized on on these opportunities and made themselves rich, made their descendants rich. Uh, California gold rush from the 1800s, for example. But I've heard multiple people in our group say that the Amazon gold rush is over, right? It's way too competitive. The Chinese are moving in and taking over. The market is saturated, whatever it is. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is true? I completely disagree with that. I think it's better than ever actually right now. Now, better doesn't mean easier. Those are two different things. Good point. A few, a few years ago, it was easier. There's a lot of people. I mean, I know people in this business that don't even know how to create a shipping label that are multimillionaires. I mean, they were right place, right time. Um, and it was a lot easier. Uh, you know, the early days of some of the early courses that were out there and stuff. But is it? I think it's actually better now. Amazon is growing it, <laughs> rapidly, even in the U.S. But forget even the U.S. Look at all the international markets, Germany and Japan, what's happening there. It's, I think the opportunity to change your life is still completely here on Amazon. And there's nothing else like it in the history of mankind, really, that's been to rapidly grow that freaks bankers out. I mean, you can get from zero to a million dollars in this business faster than any kind of brick and mortar business could ever hope to get with a lot less overhead and a lot less effort. So, but what you got to do is you got to treat this as a real business. This is not a get rich quick. Do people hit the lottery? Yeah. Some people hit the lottery and you'll see some of these sales numbers in different courses where they'll say, look, my student did this much, but what you don't know again is what they took home. And, and it, it's, that's not the norm, but the people that are making that are making this a real business, and like I said earlier, developing a brand that you are, that you can actually sell, are the people that are going to cl- are cleaning up. And those opportunities are great. I mean, based on Amazon's data, I think in 2016, so it's a little over you know year old data or so, over 80,000 sellers like us, like me and you, Manny, did over a hundred thousand dollars on Amazon. That's incredible. I mean, where else in the world can you do that? I mean, there's not that many on eBay. So with the right skill set, which can be learned, I mean, you, the beauty about this business, you don't have to have a lot of 
you don't have to know all this e-commerce thing and everything coming into it. You can learn the proper skill set. Now, there's people that teach checkbox things. Do this, do this, do this. You know, here's the 10 steps, you know, to how to find a product on Amazon. And that's what everybody's doing. But if you have the basics, the, the real skill set, which can be learned, you know, fairly quickly, you can kill it with this. And, and there's something I always like. To, I see people overcomplicating this. They start chasing shiny objects and, oh, should I do this tactic or should I do this tactic? And selling on Amazon, there's don't overcomplicate it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of really cool ninja things you can do. And sometimes, you know, in Illuminati Mastermind, we teach some of those to to the high level guys, but you, once you're at that level, then you can worry about those. But when you're just beginning or you, you're doing 10 K a month, 15 K a month uh, or something, you know, focus on the four basic things that really matter. And that that's be, get it, become a master at picking products, not following a formula that everyone else says it has to fit, be this weight, this size, this price, because that's what everybody else is doing. Be a master and have the skills and know how to, to pick a product. They know how to create a really good listing. Uh, and how to do proper keyword research. That's the second key element uh, to being successful in this business. The third is knowing how to launch a product. I mean, you really need to know the first month is critical when you launch a new product, but you need to know how can you get people to realize you even have this product? How do you get traffic? How do you get reviews? How do you get use the ad system? That's the third, third main thing. And the fourth is just rinse and repeat. Uh, basically, if you just focus on those four key competencies, you can do very, very well. And don't get sidetracked with all this other stuff. Um, you can do very, very, very well in this business. Yeah. I, and I think another big key component of this is mentorship and finding the right person to follow. Because you and I have seen this. There's some really old information floating around, still being taught, in fact, in courses and, and in different places where if you follow that, it's just going to be difficult. You're going to be competing with a billion people. You're going to be potentially just leaving a lot of money on the table, maybe even failing. I, I, I see it all the time. And I'm like, I don't do that. You know, do this instead. And you can't teach everybody, obviously. But I, I agree. Focus, find somebody that really knows what they're doing. You, you're crushing it. Somebody should listen to what you're saying versus somebody who, I guess, only sells how to sell or, or whatever it might be. Right? Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that do you know, there's a lot of people that get in this business, you know, they say in like the gold rush that there's the people that came for the gold rush and but the people that really got rich were the ones selling the axes uh, and the tools. And so there's a lot of people that get into this business and they either don't make it very well, or maybe they do, there's some that do, but then they start doing courses or starting Facebook groups or whatever. And some of these guys aren't really selling much. Um, there's, and there's a lot of free stuff out there that's just parroting what someone posted on a Facebook group. And a lot of times there's a lot of misinformation. I don't know how many times I see really, really bad advice in some of the free Facebook groups um, that becomes like standard knowledge. It's just absolutely wrong. So yeah, you got to be careful. Um, but that's why I'm saying if you have the skills, you don't have, don't follow a formula. If you have the skills and how to think for yourself and how to approach products, how to look at, how to analyze everything, you can blow everybody out of the water. And that's the key to success in this is have that proper foundation. And unfortunately, a lot of the courses just don't teach that because everybody wants to get rich quick. And what's the fastest way that I can quit my job next week? Um, And it's just not reality. I mean, something like 90% of the people that take these courses either never launch a product or never, never make any money. Um, It's because it's being, they don't have the fundamental skills. And so, so that's what you need. And, and there's ways to get that. Um, and that can really help you be successful. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So mistake number one. Here we go, Kevin. You ready? We're down the last one. 
So we've been to tons of conferences together, events. We've thrown our own event in, in Mexico. We've met sellers from all walks of life, all experience levels, you know, guys that are just starting out to guys that are doing a million dollars. They have done more than a million dollars in a day. What would you say is the number one mistake that sellers make that causes their business to ultimately fail? Uh, not properly doing their cash flow. Cash flow is the is where it, everything is at in this business. Are you talking a about lot, actually getting the cash to start the business, or not managing it once you get going? It's both. Um, but having for purpose of what we're talking about right here is having enough cash to start and do this. A lot of people they can't scale. They're like, man, how can I? I can't get to, you know, how are these guys getting to hundred thousand dollars a month? You know, I just can't get past ten thousand. It's because a it could be in your product selection, or b it's like you came to it with the wrong mentality on cash flow. A lot of people think, how much money do I need? To, people ask this all the time. How much money do I need to start? And you hear people on podcasts, you hear people in courses. Oh, you can do it with a hundred bucks, five hundred bucks. You know, some people now are saying, you know, the number keeps creeping up a little bit. A lot of people are now saying like a thousand bucks. Absolutely. You can start doing this with a thousand dollars, but are you going to turn a thousand dollars into a hundred thousand dollars a month uh, in a short period of time? It's highly, 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 highly unlikely. Um, but are you going to make a little bit of profit? Uh, you could, uh, but you're going to be, you're going to be, it's going to be difficult. I recommend most people start with whatever their initial inventory order is. So if you like that, First uh, mistake we, we talked about earlier where people order the wrong amount. Let's say it was 2,100 units. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, say it was 2,100 units. And let's say you're getting those for a dollar a piece, whatever it is, it's a spatula or something for a dollar a piece. So you guys spend $2,100. I recommend people start with two and a half times that initial investment. So if your initial order of those 2,100 units is gonna take $2,100 of your money, you basically need about five grand to have a chance to really succeed and scale quickly. And if it, your goal is to get financial freedom or to quit your job or to travel the world and do this remotely, whatever your reasons for doing this are, uh, if you come to it with that mentality, it's it's going to be better because the thing that people forget about is if you launch and you do this thing properly, you're going to need to order that second order before the first order. You've even been paid for the first order. You need money for stuff like uh, you hear people say, you know, I've got 40% profit margins or 60% profit margins or whatever it may be. And I usually just laugh and say bullshit. Um, I mean, there may be a few products that actually have that, but they're not factoring everything in. That may be their margin between their cost and what it sells for, but they're not factoring everything in. There's stuff like logo design, trademarks, product photography, cost of listing, samples, custom fees, freight, packaging, uh, payment transfer fees, um, launching fees, giveaways, inspections. I mean, the, the list goes on and Refunds. on. Refunds. I know. It keeps going. Refunds, yeah. uh, storage fees. Right. There's a laundry list of things you got to think about, and mm -hmm. most people don't think about all that. And so they they may see that there's money coming into their bank, and every two weeks you know, there's a nice deposit coming in. But they're like, cool, I got some money. But you're not making. You may not be making any money. You may have cash, but you don't have cash flow. So you really got to understand that. And most people don't. I mean, I have a spreadsheet that I use um, that that's really powerful. And it will actually tell me from month to month, okay, I'm, this month, my bank account balance is going to be negative $3,000. Next month is going to be positive. You know, so I can actually see what kind of cash do I really need if I'm going to launch this product. And I do that before I even launch a product. And sometimes it, it, I find a really good product that I'm really happy about. And like, 
really excited about, but I do the cash flow analysis. I'm like, fuck, I can't do this, man. How am I going to do this? I got to get a, get an investor, get a loan. So I might have to find another product. So a lot of people don't really properly do that. Uh, a lot of people in this business, I bet if you ask most Amazon sellers, a lot of them really can't tell you they're true, what they're truly making. If they did, they'd be average. They would be telling you that in all the free webinars. People wouldn't be saying, look, I got to a million dollars of sales in a year. I'm um, Amazon. There's courses that say we make Amazon millionaires. Uh, but a million dollars in sales is a million dollars in your pocket is a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so um, you have to think about that. And, and you have to think about that in the beginning. It's like, what if I do become this number? What if I'm shooting for number four, like we said earlier in that example, but I'd become number one. You're going to need more money. So you need to have a plan up front. Like, okay, if this really takes off and works, where am I going to get that? Is, am I going to dip into my savings? Do I have a buddy who's willing to invest? Do, do the bank give me a loan? Where am I going to get that? to sustain the, to the growth, the rapid growth. And a lot of people overlook that stuff. Okay. And then where do they get that? Um, there's lots of places uh, to get to get that kind of stuff. I mean, there's companies that specialize. Once you've been up and selling for a while, this is not true for new sellers, but they specialize in giving Amazon loans. Um, there's on, there's expensive places like uh, on deck and cabbage and that, that, you know, if you've been in business for three months to a year, you can start getting that. But a lot of people at the beginning, they've got to go to use credit cards, get, you can go to bankrate.com, get zero interest credit cards. Some of those have courtesy checks. You can write to yourself for a 3% fee. So you basically pay a 3% interest. Um, and, or they might get a, you may have to dip into your own savings or come to it with enough money or get a friend to invest. And there's lots of ways to do it. I mean, we covered like, I think in Illuminati, uh, we did a whole course or a whole lesson on, what was it? 25, 20, 20 plus. Yeah. Sources. 20 plus ways to actually get money. And that I think was I crazy detail, but yeah, you, you gotta be ready for that. Yeah. And so that's what people, and you never hear that. You see these numbers that people are spouting out and what they don't tell you because it's not as glamorous. It's like, yeah, I got to a million dollars in sales and I started with, you know, $5,000 or a thousand dollars. But what they don't tell you is that two months in, they had to go to the rich uncle and get $50,000 loan. Uh, to keep it going, yeah. Um, to make it work, this is a very cash. And it's a. It can be a very good business. It can scale rapidly using Amazon, but it can also be very cash intensive. And you need to be ready for that. And depending on your level of comfort and risk, that's going to determine what kind of product you choose as well, um, and what you, what you want to do. And this goes back to what you said earlier, where if you guys are doing this and you can build your business up for a year and a half, let's say that's usually mm-hmm. kind of like that that point where you can really sell a business for a good multiple at that point, you can walk away with a big amount, right? You can walk away with a million dollars cash or whatever the amount might be, but that's a nice payday. Well, to, I know, to I know some, yeah. I know somebody that, you know, people are always like, can I quit my, when can I quit my job? You know, I hate my job. I'm ready for the freedom. I know a, somebody in this business that started a two, about three years ago uh, as a husband and wife team, the husband did, um, kept his day job and the wife did all the work, stay at home mom with the kids or whatever, did all the work. Mm-hmm. And he didn't quit his job until I think year two. And they just kept reinvesting, 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 didn't take a lot out to live on. Uh, but they just recently sold for, you know, between three and $4 million um, and walked away with that in cash. You know, so if you look at it from that point of view, not to quit my job and, and do this immediately, you know, and, and have a bunch of money to live on, you know, in three months from now, Look long at term, it more long yeah. term. And now what they're going to do and what a lo- I know a lot of people that do this, you know, um, some people in Illuminati have done this. They sell a product or a couple of products. They get that big hit of cash, 500,000, a million, 3 million in this, or plus in this other case. And then do it again. And, and then they just say, okay, now I've got 500, I've got enough money to play. Now I can come play with the big boys, you know, using that formula I told you earlier, they can, they can go 
play at the high level and the high comp- competitive level because they got their own money. They got a hundred grand or 500 grand that they can set aside. Let's do this again. And I, I'm walking with two and a half million, you know, put that in the bank and live off the interest if they're frugal, you know, and they're set. So right. you got to look at it right. Don't look at it as get rich quick and quit your job, but look at this as the opportunity it really is. And you really need those skills and that fundamentals to actually to do, to, to build this and approach it correctly. Cool. Awesome. Well, I want you to talk about, I don't know what I'd call it, a bonus hack or a bonus strategy. We're going to, and I'm going to throw this at you. So I want you to think of that for a second, but before we get into that, let's tell people what we're going to be doing because we are putting together, we mentioned, we kind of hinted at this earlier, doing a webinar and it's pretty cool. Kevin's going to come on and just dump nuggets. Why don't you tell people about it, where they can go to actually register. And uh, and then I'm going to ask you about this little bonus, the final bonus hack question. This is going to be one that people can walk away with something cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing, um, we're doing a webinar. Basically, I'm going to show you, I'm going to, I mean, I see so many mistakes out there and so many courses and free videos. They just, uh, in my opinion, they just teach you just a little bit of stuff and they don't really fill in all the gaps. And so we're going to be doing a webinar where I'm going to really show you my process for choosing products. Cause that's where I see most people get hung up. You know, a lot of new people are like, man, I've been trying to find this product for three months or six months, or they're nervous to pull the trigger. Is this the right one? Is this the right one? I mean, I'm going to show you how I pick like 10 really profitable products in two days. You know, no more than two days of my time, I'm done. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time. I, I, I take nuggets like three times a year, four times a year. I sit down for two days. Okay, we're, I'm going to find my products. Then that's what I, that's, those are my products. I'm done. I don't agonize over it. I'm going to show you that process that I use and the formulas I use to find those successful products. And, and I'm going to give you more in depth and more knowledge about how to really analyze it for yourself. Not here's a checkbox. Uh, does it, does it fit in the shoe box? Does it, you know, fit, is it weigh this much and cost this much, but really to look at this from what your goals are and what you can do and where the opportunities are. I'm going to show you the tactics that I use to get to over a million dollars. You know, I've, I've spoken a lot of podcasts. I've been on a lot of podcasts on 10 or 15 different podcasts. Um, I've been, you know, spoke at events and I've never talked about this before. Um, I've never talked about it in Illuminati. I mean, I gave a, a few little things in the Illuminati mastermind to the high level guys, but I'm going to be going into detail and showing a really good process that I use. And so if I love to, you know, it's completely free. Um, and I love to have you guys come out. It's freedom ticket.com. It's freedom, uh, F R E E D O M ticket, uh, T I C K E T.com. You can just go and register. Uh, I don't know, Manny, how big the room is going to be, you know, but uh, I know your last webinar you did with, uh, with uh, I think it was Tryon. You, yeah, I mean, it was it like you, you had people on a, a list that couldn't get in. You know, we messed up. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be 2,000 people. And for whatever reason, it, it locked to 1,000 when we started and it filled up before the thing even got started. Nobody could get in. So we're going to try with yours to make sure we're going to test this out and see if we can do the 2000 seat. If not, it'll be a thousand, but yeah, guys, that's going to be at freedomticket.com. going to be really cool. I'm going to be hosting it. Kevin's going to be just opening up his mind on, on how he does stuff. It's going to be really cool. You're going to walk away with just a ton of value. Okay. It's just going to be an incredible opportunity to, to learn a lot. And just like all of the stuff that that we put out there, you know, we were putting our names on this. Kevin's really putting his name on this to make sure that hopefully you walk away saying that was one of the best webinars I've ever been on, or maybe the best webinar. So it's I also mean, Kevin, this is geared more towards the beginner 
seller, somebody's right. It's both. I mean, I, you know, before I do a webinar like this, I like to make sure that it's, it's solid. So I actually took this webinar and actually I brought in a a few, a few guys, um, just to present to, just to get their reaction. And there was a couple brand new sellers. They don't even have a product on Amazon. There's one guy that was selling like a 40, 50,000 a month. Another guy was doing like uh, 10, 15, another guy, he had launched a product and it just wasn't working. It was just like stagnant. He's like, what did I, what did I do wrong? I thought I picked the right product. I mm-hmm. thought I knew what I was doing. And so I showed them all of them are like, holy cow, man. Um, uh, I'm, this is, this is, I, I was missing this information. I've done these other free courses. I've done a, mm-hmm. a couple paid courses, but this was missing. So I want to share that with you uh, because I want people to succeed. You know, there's plenty of opportunity out here. Um, and you know what? I haven't, I, I haven't, I might even share a few of my products. I'm not sure yet. You know, I have it in there, but you know, a lot of people don't ever like to show their real products, all these hypothetical things, mm-hmm. but I'm, I may, you know, show you some real, real stuff. Um, and, you took, a- and you took a new person too. You took Sheila, who was at our Illuminati live conference event and she was just helping out there. She hasn't sold on Amazon. I believe she went through this as well, right? Yeah, she went, she went through, she went through the, through it as well. And she was like, I learned more, you know, it had taken a tremendous amount of podcasts and tremendous amount of, I've done three other paid courses and I, I was never, I never heard this stuff before. I've listened to, I've listened to, you know, every Manny podcast, you know, AMPM podcast. I started at the beginning. I've listened to all the other podcasts, yeah. you know, and those are good. And that's a good thing to do. Um, which is like this, like really filled in all the gaps and really completed it. So I'm hoping to be able to do that for you as well. Cool. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, so I'd love to have you there and, and uh, hopefully I can help you, uh, yeah. whether you're new, brand new or whether you've been selling for a while. I'm so, going to show you some cool, cool tools and cool ways to look at things. Perfect. So freedomticket.com, guys, go register, check it out. Uh, you have nothing to lose. Hopefully you're going to walk away with some some cool stuff. That said, Kevin. I, I think Manny, I think Manny too, uh, I think, um, I mean, I know that first thing we talked about, um, you know, it's kind of hard to visualize that, that. You know how I said how to how to actually you know determine how much to order. Some mm-hmm. people might be listening to. I know this is video uh, on YouTube, but some people might be listening in their car while they're working out right now and they, they didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants a spreadsheet, I mean, I'll make a little simple spreadsheet of that. Um, you know, and when you register, um, if you want, you know, uh, I'll just make the, you know if it's okay with you um, uh, and Guy, uh, we can just let people download that spreadsheet if if you want to uh, for you know that, that okay. might help. Yeah, we can do that. We'll we'll figure out how to how to get that to people who who uh, register and come out to the webinar. Cool. Yeah, that cool. would be cool to actually visually see everything. It's a good idea. I like that. So yeah, I think that'll help people. Cool. All right. Well, you didn't throw me off here. We have one more bonus hack or question uh, or, or yeah, awesome thing. Can't give all my secrets away. Come no, on. No. Come so on. this one's not going to be too hard. So you've mentioned it. You're 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 one of the lead mentors in the Illuminati Mastermind. You do a lot of advanced training. Obviously, we want to keep the podcast a little bit more newbie friendly, and that's what we try to do. But let's. What would be a a strategy or a hack or something? Or let's talk. You and I can actually talk about it and have a discussion about it. Something that could help both new and seasoned sellers. What what could we talk about? That would be pretty cool. Oh, and, um, and and I've got an idea. If you don't if you don't come up with one, I don't mean to throw throw you under the bus here. Um, yeah, I would say. I mean, so it's newer or. or uh 
new or someone. So I would yeah. say the number one thing is like I was talking about earlier, make sure you know you have the proper skill set and think outside the box. Don't approach this as a cookie cutter business mm-hmm. that there's, and there's not one way to make money on Amazon. There, there, there's no single course that is the best way. I don't care who the course is. There's some great courses mm-hmm. out there and some good stuff, but there isn't one that this is the way, uh, this is the way every time, every day on Facebook, I get another, see another ad for how to sell on Shopify, how to make money on Amazon. Mm-hmm. This is the way bullshit. There isn't one, there's 10 different, 12, 20 different ways to skin this cat. The way you make money is you have the proper skill set and know how to analyze it. So think outside the box. I mean, a lot of Think, people, thinking outside the box. What about thinking outside the shoebox? You want to talk yes, about regular that, sizes? Yeah, that, that's yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money in oversized products. A lot of people shy away from them yeah. uh, because uh, they're bulkier. They're more, maybe more. Some people think they're more complicated to ship over. They're no more complicated in most cases to ship over than a small thing. Um, once you've done it the first time, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little scary. Maybe some people you can typically order less, and the margins are great. I mean, the big, the great thing about selling big products, they could be oversized. Size. It could be things that weigh, you know, three or four pounds. They don't fit in that shoebox, weigh less than a pound, sell for 20 bucks and can be air freighted. That's the general formula that everybody teaches. And that's, uh, and then they teach, like, go on, use these tools out there um, to look for between this BSR and this and, you know, and everybody's doing the same thing. And then you wonder why you found a, a golden product. You posted your screenshot of this tool on a Facebook group and people are like, oh, that's great. You should go for it. By the time you get it launched, there's 20 other people selling. And you're mm-hmm. like, holy cow, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta think outside the box. Look at big products because there's less competition. The A cost on the PPC is dramatically lower. If you're selling a 50 or $100 item, even if the ad costs you $5, and it's not in most cases, but even if it does, that, that A cost, you can absorb that a lot better than if you're selling a 15 or $20 product. You have, it well, takes let's, less. Let, let's go through, hold on. Yeah, let's yeah, go, because yeah, yeah. you're going to go through these really quickly. Let's talk about these one at a time. PPC is perfect, right? So pay-per-click, guys. You're absolutely right. If you're into a product and it sells for $100, on Amazon. First of all, there's less people that are actually sourcing this. So that means there's less people that are actually bidding for this particular, the keywords for this product. So the actual cost that you're paying per click drops substantially or should, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. So, so that's one reason, okay, is pay-per-click costs are always going to be lower. The second reason, let's, let's go through these one at a time. <laughs> uh, sure. Well, there's less, like you said, there's less competition, the uh-huh. costs are lower. The next one is it typically takes less reviews to ah, actually yeah, get yeah. going. I mean, so you don't need, you know, a lot of times these big products, they don't sell as many. Right. Typically. Yeah. typically so there's, you don't, the, the reviews you need to be competitive because reviews still do matter. I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. think you need tons and tons of reviews. 21 is the magic number to get social proof. You need to get to 21 to have that magic number statistically mm-hmm. of social proof. But the only time you really need a lot more reviews is if a lot, and we'll talk about this in the free webinars, if a lot of your top competitors have a lot of reviews, then you want to, you, you want to reconsider, but if, if they don't, uh, the number of reviews a lot of times on these big products doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Even if one guy's got a thousand, uh, you can still compete, you know, it, with, with a smaller number. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's another big advantage. That's it's, a good point. Yeah. Because you got people, you're right. If it's a $150 product, they're probably only selling, you know, a handful of units a day, 10, 20 at the most versus if they're, it's a $1 product, a spatula you, you said earlier where they're selling, you know, a thousand of these things every single day. Uh, the you review see- count is going to be really, really high. The MOQs are usually lower, but that doesn't mean you spend less. I mean, you may have to spend more money, but the MOQs instead of a thousand, they might be 50 or a hundred or something like that. Now, one thing you got to keep in mind is you still got to look at ROI. So profit margin matters, but 
you don't want to get into a product where you're ordering so many of them, you know, if you had to order a thousand of these big products and they'd sell five a day or something yeah. that might not be the smartest product to choose versus something smaller that can turn quicker. So you got to look at the ROI return on investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically how long does it take to get your money back that you're investing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to consider that too, but there are a lot of golden opportunities in, in this big product space. I mean, you can scale faster too. I mean, you know, the people that are spouting off these big numbers I always like to say that's great. But the first thing I do is if they put one of those screenshots is I look at their number of units. So sometimes they'll say, you know, I sold a million dollars last year and it'll say, uh, what, 20,000 units sold. Now, I, first thing I look at on every one of those when I see this, like, okay, I do a calculation in my head. All right, that's a $50 item, average price. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm more impressed by someone doing a million dollars a year selling something for $5 than I am uh, for someone at a higher price. But that doesn't mean that that's not a bad thing uh, because those people, are, it's less hassle, less stuff to order, less stuff to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, it so does you come can, it, you just sell less, you know, and yeah. you can get to your profit faster too. It, it does come with a few headaches. We, you know, we can't, you know, skirt around that. Uh, you're only going to, for oversized products, you only have 500 units available at Amazon's warehouses versus what is it now? Is it, is it 2,000, 5,000? That keeps changing. Whatever that number is. It, yeah, it's 500, but you can request that to go up. But by oversized too, that's, you know, there's, you have to go check the, the exact things, but like it's over 18 inches and there, there's certain things, but oversized doesn't, I don't always just mean oversized. I think it can be also heavier. You yeah, know, 20 I pounds, I believe, that, over. That I, I, but no, I have products that are don't fit in that shoebox formula that everybody else teaches because these products are they 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 meet the dimensions of a standard product, but they might weigh six pounds, for example. Um, but they're not considered oversized. So I can so those there's, those are products that people typically shy away from as well. Yeah. So because it doesn't fit this fit in a shoebox the criteria, form. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. Yeah, get something that's ten pounds but still pretty small, um, but yeah. people won't see that because they're eliminating anything that's over one or two pounds. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, that's cool. There's, we could go on about oversized. I mean, well, you're, you are going to go on, on, on uh, <laughs> at freedomticket.com. The, when people register for the webinar, you're going to be talking about all kinds of uh, sourcing stuff. And it'll be cool to see. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see everything that you're presenting. And, and if you actually do reveal one of your products, that will be, <laughs> that'll be interesting. So that said, guys, check it out. Uh, please uh, head over to freedomticket.com. You'll see me and Kevin in the webinar and yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's been a while since we've, we've actually outside of the Illuminati mastermind, since we, we did these webinars. Yeah, it's, it's been about a year since or more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. People are really did. loving those. So cool. So guys, that's all I got, Kevin. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and sure. we'll see everybody over there at freedomticket.com. We'll see them in our FBA high rollers group on Facebook. If you're not in there, you've, you've got to get in there. And depending on whether you're listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so that you continue to get these. So that said, Kevin, have a good one. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk soon. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.